stand-up historian. Those who tell stories rule society. Hello and welcome to a stand-up historian. My name is Kurosh and I bring this show to you from beautiful Seattle, Washington. In this episode of Stand-Up Historian and probably in the next one, depends on how much we can cover in this episode, I will be talking about archaeology in the Third Reich. As you may have heard, it was very important to the Third Reich to dig up, if you will, information, evidences, historical evidences, and archaeological evidences to prove the existence of a superior and also modern civilizations in the past established and reigned by Aryan races. So, before I start, I just wanted to thank you all for visiting my website and also my uh, YouTube channel at Stand Up Historian. And I also invite you to please continue uh, your uh, patronage and help me improve this podcast with your participation. I love to hear from you. And if you require um, a response from me, I always make sure to do that. Okay, now that we put uh, pleasantries aside, let's start and talk about archaeology in the Third Reich. And it started upon Hitler's uh, election as the Chancellor of Germany. He immediately began to enact sweeping reforms throughout the German Reich and the establishment of new departments within the German government to help rebuild and redefine the stability of not only the German economy and military, but the German culture as well. And German culture, in fact, meant uh, Aryan culture, and in their views, it was not separated from any other Aryan nations living on the planet. So along with the funding toward uh, research and development of military applications, the National Socialists spent uh, a large sums of money and resources towards archaeology and other historical research. In 1935, the Reichsführer of the SS, Heinrich Himmler, founded the Annenerb, or the Ancestral Heritage Research and Teaching Society. The Annenerb was not a simple academic society, but worked hand-in-hand with the German military and German secret societies. And as I've mentioned in another podcast in the past, extensively we talked about uh, secret societies in uh, Third Reich, and they played a very important role to build an ideology for the Third Reich. So this Annenerb was working hand-in-hand with German military and secret societies as a research wing with the mandate of discovering ancient Aryan technologies. 
as well as reconstructing the history of the ancient Aryans based on archaeological evidence, biological and also historical evidence, etc. The Ananarb sent teams of the world's leading archaeologists all over the globe in search of ancient Aryan artifacts. From expeditions around the world, traces of the ancient Aryan were found. Many of these expeditions happened uh, in Iran, which uh, my family had stories about how Germans showed up and started asking questions, digging, and they always um, were very polite towards towards the natives and uh, always wanted to explain to them what they are doing and this was um, to my surprise according to what I personally heard from my family there that people could trust them a lot better than they trusted uh, British or even uh, French archaeologists anyways let's continue the Third Reich in their archaeological uh, quest they had four objectives and in fact this Honorb had four objectives. So the first one was to prove the hypothesis of the existence of the lost master race of Aryans and evidence of their advanced technologies in remote regions of the world. The second objective was to verify the locations of the sunken lands of Atlantis and Northern Atlantis, or uh, what we know as Thule these days. Third objective was to verify through scientific evidence the theory of world ice, which was a principle based on the slightly eccentric ideas of Hans Harbinger. The National Socialists, focusing primarily on the aspects of uh, world ice theory, that the deluge and the subsequent flooding of Atlantis and Thule were caused by the rapid melting of the polar ice at the end of the last ice age. So they were trying to find evidence to prove that, in fact, Atlantis was uh, flooded after the end of Ice Age, and it happened very rapidly. The final objective was to establish a scientific basis for building a new cultural doctrine based on the principles of Arianism and tie this ideology to the, to the foundations of Ariosophy and Arya Christianity, already established by people like Guido von Liszt, Jörg Lanz von Lebenfels, and Karl Maria Wilgott. And I talked about uh, Ariosophy in another podcast in the past. So you see, the first three objective was to uh, find evidence, and the fourth one was to connect the present with the past and be able to show that Third Reich is the continuation of something that existed in the past, disappeared, and it has been renewed under uh, Hitler's and National Socialists' watch. Very interesting. Upon Hitler's rise to power, Germany was 
even before that, Germany was a respected center of archaeology. Archaeological digs and expeditions to ancient ruins were performed around the world by German scientists before the Nazis came to power. What quickly became apparent to the German archaeologists before and during the time of the Third Reich was a cultural link to many civilizations around the world, as was apparent by the similarity in mythological archetypes, language, and architecture, but also in art from around the world, depicting the use of one very specific symbol, which we know as swastika. The use of swastikas in, the, in these far-reaching cultures was always interpreted as a symbol for the sun, uh, which could not have occurred by random happening, but rather was indicative of a cultural connection from Cretan pottery to Greek frescoes, Egyptian temple, swastikas, to Phoenician stelas, and even as far as east as Japan and as far as west as Americas, the meaning of swastika remains the same, and it represents the sun. The oldest known swastikas, the oldest known swastikas to have been found were from Neolithic cultures in Central, Southern, and Western Europe, showing the swastikas Atlantean origins. And there are swastikas from all around the world, from Basque in Spain, uh, there are English swastika, Hopi swastika, Greek swastika, Tibetan swastika, Chinese, Jain in India, Ceylonese, Persian, monks, even Israelites, Christian, uh, Celtic, Aztec, Phoenician, Japanese, and finally, uh, Nazis adapted that and created their symbol of swastika. Edmund Kiss, who became a high-ranking member of the SS in the 1920s, wrote his first books on Aryan archaeology and ancient mysticism. In his book, um, entitled The Last Queen of Atlantis, he equated the mythical northern land tool to the origins of human civilization. According to Kiss, the inhabitants of northern Atlantis were led by their leader, Baldur Weiborg, a native of the mythical tool who migrated all across the world. End quote. And this character, Baldur Weiborg, um, as I mentioned in Lost Homeland of Aryans podcast, uh, in ancient Persian texts, he is known as Jamshid. He later described the return journey of the Nordic Tullians to their mythical homeland in Dai Shwine, Funtul, or the Swans of Tul. In 1928, Kiss made a journey ruins in Tiwanaku, in Bolivia. He was one of the first to suggest that the builders of Tiwanaku were far older than the 
academically accepted date of 200 AD. And this dating of buildings and sites and uh, objects that we see from mainstream archaeology and mainstream science and academia in many cases have been proven to be inaccurate because I believe they try to support a special narrative. And we have seen this from so-called scientists these days that they have to follow a specific narrative or uh, everybody will be in trouble. Okay. After the after Kiss was exonerated at the Nuremberg trials, he wrote La Puerta del Sol and the Doctrine of Tianaqua, Ice Universal Harbinger. And this was published in 1937. In, in this work, he suggested that the ruins were built by prehistoric Nordic Tulians before the end of the last ice age. He also tied his theory to the theory of um, ice world of Harbinger. In South America, German archaeologists uncovered elongated skulls with racial characteristics consistent with the Aryan race and came to the conclusion that the advanced people of ancient South America by the ancient Atlanteans. So you see the, the, the research was on to show that a race of Atlantean in the past existed. They seeded many different areas of the planet and from the archaeological uh, digs and findings, they were trying to connect all of this together and bring them to one uh, focal point, which is an Atla ancient Atlantean nation or group of people. Uh, Germans' objective in South America were uh, twofold. One was to establish archaeological links to the ancient Atlanteans in South America. And on the other hand, they established a permanent presence in South America by building secret base in Brazil and Argentina. And this is very interesting, and I have to... Uh, work on another episode and tell you about these secret bases that Germans under the Nazi rule built in Brazil and Argentina. And you know, after the fall of uh, Berlin in 1945, many members of the SS and uh, German government, they escaped to South America. And you would think, why would they go there? And you can see that they had prepared places and bases for themselves to, to go and be safe in those countries, especially in Argentina. And that is in itself a fascinating, fascinating story. Sometimes I feel like they foresaw their collapse, perhaps. Likewise, predating the rise of the National Socialists, the Foreign Affairs Ministry financed an archaeological institute in Cairo, uh, in Egypt, that was used as a base to conduct scientific research. As much as Egypt, Iraq, and some other areas in Middle East and Northern, Afri Northern Africa have been excavated, you don't see that much happening in Iran, which, uh, which is the same age in terms of ancient uh, sites, if not older and I, I will explain that to you 
Y. And here you see that the Germans established a permanent office in Cairo. And it, this office was used as a base to conduct scientific research. German scholars had made important contributions to Egyptology um, before Hitler, and some of them were such as Adolf Ermans, he, which helped in deciphering the grammar of Egyptian writing, Heinrich Schaefer, discovering paradigms in the understanding of Egyptian art, and Ludwig uh, Borchardt, uncovering of the bust of Nefertiti, which shows her distinctly Aryan features. In this pre-war era, uh, many American Egyptologists received their training in Germany, including James Henry uh, breasted, who ironically some regard as an inspiration for the Indiana Jones character, which was played by Harrison Ford. And it was the character was created by Steven Spielberg. There are even some beliefs that Spielberg, because of his religion, which is Jewish, he tried to discredit national socialist archaeology and there was uh, some agendas behind creating the character of Indiana Jones and in many of his adventures he's facing and confronting Nazis. When the National Socialists took control of Germany, they inherited the Cairo office of the German Archaeological Institute. The Cairo office operated until the war started in 1939. Until that time, the National Socialists used it as a base to advance their interests in the Middle East and North Africa. Under the leadership of First Commander, the famous German General Erwin Rommel, the Desert Fox. Germany had a number of interests in the area, including talking to Arab leaders who opposed Jewish settlements in Israel. Yet Hitler was particularly interested in Egyptology, actually vetoing the return of the bust of Nefertiti to Cairo on the grounds that this artifact represented evidence of the ancient Aryan heritage of the Egyptians. Besides Hitler, you know that Napoleon was another person who was extremely interested in Egyptology and probably more so for uh, the wealth that he thought they could find in there or maybe the knowledge. But many of these people, they come to power. They have some beliefs, in esoteric beliefs. They look into Egypt for power and wealth. So, and here you see that Hitler refused to return the bust of Nefertiti and because he believed that Germany is now the new Aryan land, he said, well, it's back to its native place. I disagree with him. Anyways, the head of the German Archaeological Institute in Cairo was an, um, was an established Egyptologist by the name of Hermann Juncker. He was deeply involved in National Socialism and a member of National Socialist Party. During the time of National Socialist rule, he conducted digs in the Cairo-Memphis area and Nubia.
but he spent the majority of his time excavating at the Great Pyramid of Giza. Most notable of the many expeditions of the Ananurp were the mission to Tibet and Antarctica, which were undertaken simultaneously in 1938 through 1939. Five members of Heinrich Himmler's Waffen-SS uh, passed via the ancient arched gate that led to the holy city of Lhasa, sort of like capital city of Tibet, in 1938. The National Socialist mission to Tibet was to find a link between the people of Tibet and the ancient Aryans and to investigate ancient legends of a lost civilization of Aryan supermen. It had also been theorized that these archaeological missions many have uncovered remnants or uh, knowledge of ancient Aryans technologies, which is what gave the Germans such a technological edge over the rest of the world. And that's one of the questions that have always been asked. How could um, the Third Reich reach such heights in science and technology in a period of around altogether 12 years half of it uh, at war so one of the reasons is they found ancient technologies and uh, it allowed them to invent never before seen technologies such as jet propulsion advanced rocketry computers nuclear fission and and the rest the mission to Antarctica was led by Alfred Richter and was primarily organized to establish a German naval base, which would be inaccessible to the technologically inferior allies. Though some claim that this base was established within an ancient passageway into underground caverns, connected to an ancient underground city or possibly a lost world deep within the earth. Again, I have an epi episode about um, Antarctica and research in Antarctica and how after the World War II, United States, in effect, invaded Antarctica and found Germans, pushed them out, and there was a couple of very controversial missions to Antarctica by the U.S. Navy. Professional zoologist Ernest Schaefer led the expedition to Tibet in search of remnants of an Aryan racial traits of Tibetans. Himmler was fascinated by Asian mysticism and its relation to the ancient Aryans and therefore wished to send such an expedition under the auspices of the Ananurp. Himmler accepted the expedition to be organized on the condition that all its members become SS and ascertain whether the Tibetans were descended from the ancient Aryans. The official plan of the expedition included research on the landforms, climate, geography and culture of the region and contacting the local authorities for the establishment of a representation in that 
country. Yet the primary reasoning behind the expedition was to determine whether the Tibetans were a remnant of the Aryan race and to ascertain whether a fabled hidden city of Aryan Superman actually existed. The taking of cranial measurements and the, and the making of facial casts of local people by anthropologist Bruno Beggar was physical evidence utilized to prove that the Tibetans shared racial traits with the Aryans. The group of five researchers intended to conduct the regent of Tibet and visit the sacred city, cities of Lhasa and Shigatse. When they returned to Germany, they brought back a complete edition of the Tibetan sacred text like the 108th volume uh, Kangiur, examples of mandalas other and other ancient texts, and one alleged document regarding the ancient Aryans. Then you would ask yourself what happened to these documents after the Allies occupied Germany and they had access to these documents. That would be interesting to know where these documents are. It is said that they had uh, ascertained that the Tibetans had been in contact with a sacred city called Shambhala, which was rumored to have been an ancient isolated city or Aryan Superman descended from an unbroken chain of Aryans since the times of Atlantis. But the location of this legendary city was elusive, since it was said that it was concealed within a ring of tall mountains and, shroud and shrouded in mist. And to make matters more difficult, it was said that the city would materialize in different places. Of particular interest to the Germans was the Tibetan statue dubbed as Iron Man. Iron Man believed to be the very first carving of a human in a meteorite, which crashed on the earth over 15,000 years ago. This ancient statue, uncovered by Germans in 1938, dated back to the 11th century. The statue is believed to be a stylistic hybrid between the Buddhist and pre-Buddhist Bon culture that portrays the god Vyasarvana, the Buddhist king of the north, also known as Shambhala in Tibet. It also clearly features swastika on the chest of the figure. If you just do a search for uh, Tibetan Iron Man, you will, you will see a picture of this fascinating statue, which is supposedly carved into a meteorite. But the declaration of war by the Allied powers hindered their archaeological expeditions and further serious work was halted. On the list of planned archaeological expeditions were Bolivia, Iran, the Canary Islands, and Iceland. And Edmund Kiss, who had been to Bolivia in 1928, would have been 
the head of an expedition planned to excavate Tiwanaku and a nearby site, Siminaki. The team would consist of 20 scientists who would excavate for a year and also explore Lake Titicaca and take aerial photographs of ancient Incan roads they believed had uh, Aryan roots. But the late August 1939, the expedition was nearly set to embark, but the war began and after the invasion of Poland, everything was postponed indefinitely. In 1938, Walter Wust, the Unanerbs president, proposed an expedition to Iran to study the uh, Bistun inscription. Bistun is in the city that is known today as Kermanshah in western Iran. This inscription had been created by order of Shah Darius I of the first Persian or Achaemenid Empire, who had declared himself to have been of Aryan origin in his inscriptions. The inscriptions were carved high up steep cliffs, likely using a scaffolding that was removed after the inscriptions were made. The cost of creating new scaffolds not being practical was proposed that he, his wife, a mountaineer, a photographer, an Iranian student, and a manuensis be sent with a balloon-mounted camera to take pictures and examine the inscriptions. The expedition, however, was postponed indefinitely due to war. And there are many inscriptions like this and many areas in Iran which ancient kings clearly use the word Aryan and they introduce themselves as Aryan. The late king of Iran, the last Shah of Iran, his, he was known as Arya Meh, which means the son of the son of uh, Arya. So, and again, a connection to Aryan race was has always been very important to to Persians. Regrettably, one of the most important expeditions for the Ananerp that got cancelled was to the Canary Islands. It was known to the Germans that the earliest Spanish travelers to the Canary Islands had described the Guanche natives as having golden blonde hair and white skin and that mummies had been found with blonde hair. It was also known that they built uh, grand step pyramids or ziggurats, which you see a lot of it in Middle East and in Persia, which showed a cultural link between Egypt as well as the Americas. The Ananarb believed these facts indicated that the Canary Islands were once inhabited by Atlanteans. Otto Huth proposed an expedition in 1939 to study the ancient islanders, artifacts and religious rites, but most importantly, their racial origins. At the time, the Canary Islands were part of the 
Francisco Fran Franco's Spanish uh, state because Franco refused to side with the Axis when the war started. However, the expedition was canceled. The last expedition to be canceled was the expedition to the Iceland, otherwise known as Thule. Bruno Schweizer had already traveled to Iceland three times in 1938 when he proposed an unanerb expedition with seven others to the country under the pretense that they wanted to learn about Iceland's ancient farming practices and architecture, record folk songs and dances, and also collect soil samples for uh, pollen analysis. Yet, an investigator for the Scandinavian press publishing stories in February 1939 claimed the expedition was based on quote-unquote false ideas about ancient Iceland being the source of the proto-Atlantean people, peoples of prehistory. Publicly, Himmler shut down the trip completely but later allowed the planning of the trip to be secretly continued. A setback occurred when Himmler's personal staff was unable to secure enough Icelandic uh, crowns, which was their currency. Not being able to quickly secure more crowns, the secret expedition was rescheduled for the summer of 1940 though in May of 1940, the British invaded uh, neutral Iceland, but when the war had started, the expedition had already been postponed. Devoting funding to military applications became the primary focus at the start of the war, and all archaeological endeavors were naturally postponed. Yet, despite the National Socialists' Uh, possessing vastly uh, superior technology to the Allies, they were overwhelmed by the sheer numbers. I have always said that it was the blood of Russians that drowned Germans and stopped them. Over 20 million. After the defeat of Nazis, German archaeologists and scientists were given immunity in exchange for knowledge concerning the ancient Aryan civilizations and technology that the National Socialists had developed or were in the process of developing. This policy of immunity for German scientists led to the creation of the first nuclear bombs and NASA, even CIA. Since the Germans were the first to discover nuclear fission, this led to the United States and German scientists developing the first modern nuclear weapon which they used against Japan or the Empire of the Sun. The Japanese surrounded to the United States only six days after the second bomb dropped on Nagasaki, which was dropped three days after the first bomb, the first bomb on Hiroshima. This Allied victory was due entirely to force in numbers and also due 
to the technology that was created by Germans. And they didn't even stop to think whether ethically and morally is it uh, right to use the technology that was uh, created by their enemies. They just used it and United States dropped the bomb. If the Germans had more time to develop this technologies, perhaps the history would have been different, very different today. And for many of us, we are glad that the history is different today. And we still hope that what we see today also changes in very near future and we see a better future for the entire humanity. So this was about archaeology in Third Reich and how they used this archaeology in many areas to create, to prove a superior race, find ancient technologies, and connect all the dots around the world to show how the Aryan uh, race spread all over the planet, established strong civilizations, and ruled wherever, whichever area they uh, happened to control. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and until next time, I say goodbye to you all, and God bless. Bye.